Hey, real quick, if you're a return listener and you love low-value mail as much as I love doing it, please just do me a solid, leave a rating, leave a review. It really does help. All right, on to the show. Oh, what up, scrotes? We're back. We're back. Thank the good Lord. We are back. Man, I'm huge here. It's like Tiny Elvis from Saturday Night Live, but the opposite. But not the opposite. If you remember Tiny Elvis, congrats to you. Sorry, I was a little bit late. I was uh, joining Jeremy the Quartering um, on his stream, and then I went to go turn the shit on, and it wasn't working. As always, it just, you know, it's never working. It's my life. It's partially a uh, tech tech um, guy. Anyways, uh, welcome back to the Scrotes. The low-value males, the negative-value males, the high-value males. I've missed you all. Help me, please, get more viewers um, than Comedy Central. Comedy Central, I don't know if they're doing it right now. I tweeted about it. It was honestly sad. Comedy Central, remember Comedy Central? It used to be, like, cool and stuff, and then they had 11.2 million subscribers on their YouTube channel. And for that, they were able to muster 200 and some odd 200 and change people watching live they were able to muster Oops. 200 and whoops um anyways it's sad it's sad sad state of affairs but whatever their loss is my gain hopefully and anyways if any of you were watching me over on the quartering stream appreciate you um all right, let's. Uh, I'm glad to be back. If, if any of you came to any of the shows in North Carolina, uh, I know a few of you uh, said what's up. I met a lot of you. Said what's up. We hung out. Um, if Joe Black is here, what's up, Joe Black? I don't know if he is here, but but he came. He said he was one of the scrotes, scrotes in charge. Um, anyways, thank you very much uh, for joining me. We're going to be doing episodes twenty. What did I say? Seven and 28. Although episode 27 from the gate, from the jump, looks like a piece of shit. It's Dr. Gail Dines returns to take on porn culture plus cultured reframed conference. And what's more fun than a conference? So I'm thinking we just skip this one. I'm thinking because we, we got to catch up. Um, I, I don't know if it's good. Oh, by the way, as always, uh, a hundred, I'm going to do this, but a hundred likes and I'll give away a channel membership. Let me just write this and I'll give away a, sorry, I'm a little, pin that bad boy. Um, so I'm just, you know what? I'm honestly just going to skip this one because I'm pretty sure we skipped old Gail Dines last time because it was lame. And so I can't imagine that it's going to be good. So in good, good news. We're one step closer, one episode closer to catching up. So episode 28 is, uh, let's see, episode 28, Spotting Narcissistic Abusers with Dr. Annie Kazina plus the Bikini Thief. This could have some promise, but again, as always, you never know. Maybe we'll, we'll shut this shit down. Uh, also, tomorrow night. We got an all new episode of Low Value Mail, and Thursday night we have an all new episode of The Bathhouse. Action packed week we got going on here. Um, so give the sh channel, give me this stream a like, and without further ado, let's get down to it. 
episode 28 of the Female Dating Strategy Podcast. What's up, queens? What's up, queens? It's your host, Ro. Do you like Female Dating Strategy? No. Would you like to see us expand on a lot of no. platforms? Then please sign up for our Patreon. No. A nice apartment job. Yes. Uh, yeah. Come on. That's patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. Slash low value mail. Here's a segment we call roast to scroat. Oh, we got a roast to scroat. Send in a story of a scroat in their life and re-roast them. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> this week's roast to scroat is from Anonymous. Uh, it starts in 2018 before FDS became a part of my life. I had been seeing a guy for around three months. We met through. Is it sick that I've missed them a little? Is is that sick? Is it what? Uh, it's Cockholm syndrome is what we labeled it as. Is this sick? Online dating and seemed to get along fairly well from the start. We were close in age. He had a good job, a nice apartment, and overall appeared to be in a good place in life. I had recently been having terrible luck with dating, so meeting this guy seemed almost refresh- refreshing. He was good at texting, respectful, and we did fun activities together. Ooh. Every summer in my city, there's a fireworks show on the beach that thousands of people attend. I enjoyed attending it every year. We made plans to go together. I suggested we go early and have a picnic on the beach and volunteered to bring the food. He thought this was a good idea, and we agreed to meet up at his place after work and walk to the beach together as he lived close by. After Sounds work, nice. I went home to change and bought sushi from a delicious sushi place near my house. When I met him at his apartment, he tried to initiate sex. I told him that I wanted to get going so we could get a good spot to watch the fireworks. He eventually agreed, but was sullen and grumpy. God, 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 God. Okay. Uh, this is just the worst type guy. Yeah. Sleazy scrot. I mean, you watch the fireworks and then you have sex after, right? I don't even know what to say to this guy. It's like, no, have sex with me while the fireworks are going. Like, I don't know. <laughs> that is romantic. I don't really like, um, like, when you know you have a deadline in the back of your mind, like, oh, I have to be somewhere at a certain time, and then, like, trying to relax and have sex at the same time just is, like, a no-go. I mean, yeah. I guess if you're, like, looking for a quickie. Well, I mean, sometimes you just crank like, one out. I hate the concept of quickies. I'm not a huge fan of either. It's because guys don't care, though. Like, they will get off regardless. It's women who need some extra, I don't know. Time and consideration. Attention and warm-up. Yeah. But they'll literally, like, they don't care. You can kiss, you can make out, or do, like, foreplay, and it doesn't have to be penetration, right? Yeah. I think that's the problem, is, like, every time men want to initiate any type of sexual contact, they want to always... Yes, because there's this thing called blue balls, lady. I know you think it's a myth, but it's not. It It's a real thing, and it hurts. It Through completion, and, like... As a woman, it's... Don't blue ball me. Yeah. There you don't go. Blue me. And then... It's real! You know, there's a there's a lot of women that have a personal preference, like myself, and, like, if we have somewhere to be, it's much harder for me to get, like, completely revved up to go. Like, I'd rather just get started and then really, really into it, and then by the end of the night, then you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. But men, a lot of men seem to not get this concept. Yeah. Anyways, so... Yeah, and a lot of women seem to not get blue balls. Continue? Yeah, let's go. Uh, we got to the beach and set up the picnic, and he became angry. He said that he thought I planned to cook him a nice meal when I said that I would bring food for a picnic, and he was not happy with the sushi I brought. What? what? I should add that he was into <laughs> cooking and had cooked several fancy meals for me while we had been seeing each other. That was bad. The fact that I said the exact same thing as Savannah. I'm a terrible cook and had been open about that from the, t- from the start. Before that evening, he had never made a comment about me cooking for him. He proceeded to remain angry and barely spoke to me for the remainder of the evening, ruining a summer event that I have been looking forward to. Yeah, this is not about the sushi. This is uh, this is emotionally punishing you for not, I don't know, being having sex and providing sex on tap, on demand. For not complying, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a dick. This is the compliance test. No, this reminds me of my ex, because my ex would do this all the time, where, um, you know, if I ever mildly displeased him or had a boundary, he would just, like, be sullen and grumpy and annoying for, like, days. <laughs> Until, I don't know, just to, like, emotion. I call it emotional punishment. Yeah, and like I said, it's not like she said no sex forever, right? Yeah. It, it just seems like a really weird thing to suddenly throw a tantrum over. Um, something If there's an issue, he should have communicated what the issue was and not use these side issues as punishment. Because that's emotionally ma- manipulative, right? Yeah. So, 
Next paragraph. Like again, I've said this before, but are, are we acting like only one sex is doing emotional manipulation? Is that the game we're pretending to play? I realized that I did not want to see this guy anymore. He had shown his true colors and he was not someone I wanted in my life. I politely ended things with him over the phone a few days later. I wanted to avoid conflict, so I did not tell him that I was ending things because of his behavior on that evening. Instead, I gave him a vague explanation about how I thought we were looking for different things. Okay, cool. I want to see if he freaks out. I feel like he's going to freak out. I feel like he's going to freak out. After, <laughs> I realized that I had left my bathing suit at his place when I had gone to the pool in his building. Since things had ended peacefully. Oh, so I'm sorry. I figured it would be no this guy's a low value male, but he has, uh, he's a scrote actually, but he has a pool in his building. Deal to things not adding up here. My bathing suit. His office was near mine, so it would be simple for him to bring it to work and I could pick it up from him at lunch. When I texted him, he said that he would not be returning my bathing suit. I was shocked. <laughs> I asked if he could speak on the phone so he could explain what was going on. He agreed, and I called him that evening. He proceeded to yell and scream at me over the phone about how yep. he would never return my bathing suit and how disgusting I was for asking him. What? What? <laughs> I'm just imagining him getting, like, the vein popping in his forehead from screaming about a bathing suit that doesn't belong to him. Yeah. He's like, I'm wearing it right now. You can't have it back. This guy lacks emotional maturity. By I mean, the guy soiled it so badly doing disgusting things that he's like, I don't even think a washing machine will fix this. So Seriously. Yeah. Uh, when I asked what use a man has for a bikini, he didn't have an answer. Just made it clear that he would not return it. Oh, transphobic. kind of behavior from a 31-year-old man, but decided I would move on. Yeah, his ego's bruised. So it just seems like when his ego feels a little bit bruised, he just flies off the handle. Yeah. And he doesn't know how to manage that or like depersonalize it. Yeah. Damn. This reminds me a lot of my ex. Like, what if we dated the same person? What if this is the same guy? <laughs> Gosh, this, imagine. This behavior is common in many guys. So, yeah. you know, true. Um, a couple of weeks after this, I started thinking about how much I liked the bathing suit and how it was almost brand new. Carl, yeah, you should have cut your losses here. Says, yeah. Uh, I decided to give it one last try. And Sounds like a Seinfeld. I was like, I want the bathing suit back, Jerry. Texted him requesting that he return my bathing suit. He again refused, and it was extremely immature. The situation was ridiculous, and I was beyond frustrated to see a full-grown man acting like a child. I decided to cut my losses. The, I've learned the hard way um, with breakups, even if it's like even non-romantic breakups, like friendship breakups, or like like if. You have a roommate situation, even that like you're not on the best of terms, like you're going to have to cut your losses a little bit. You want emotionally manipulative people to be mature enough to like split up and like just you take your own. They take what's theirs and just move on with your life. But experience has taught me there's a lot of people that don't have. Uh, I mean, can you really own a bathing suit? Emotional regulation skills like this. Yeah. So you have to prepare for the breakup by making sure you have everything you wanted and then like break up because you just never know with people like that yeah how they're gonna react yeah. and a lot of times people yeah people just hold on to things just to be just to be a dick jerks yeah for emotional yeah. blackmail to uh, keep uh, <laughs> trying to coerce you to talk to them like there's so many reasons why people might do stuff like this that's why whenever i'm breaking up with someone i always make sure i bring everything right down to my toothbrush because i don't want to give someone an excuse to like one of my exes um like he texts me every few months to be like <laughs> like one of the times he texted me he's like oh you left some stuff at my place and i'm like oh what did what did i leave and he's like oh just like some hair ties and like junk mail and shit like stuff i wouldn't want anyways right but yeah. it's clearly just an excuse to oh, try to meet up with me he's like i can put it in a box and bring it to you if you like you know just tell me your address no bitch no bitch <laughs> yeah. die mad um a few weeks after that he contacted me stating that he would give me back my bathing suit if i paid him 45 dollars what? What? Yeah. What? Yeah, she says I hadn't blocked him because he knew where I lived and I have a policy of not blocking what him. What a weird reasons. Um, I was floored. This guy had a good job and did not need to extort $45 out of me. Why $45? What a specific number. Really being manipulative. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I texted back that I would not be paying him any money and requested that he would not contact me again. He then texted me claiming that my message had been harassment and that he could sue me for that. What? 
He's cr this guy's crazy. He's actually crazy. This guy's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's insane. He's crazy. This guy sounds like a guy on Reddit, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. He sounds like a redditor. <laughs> These guys. You like would know, videos, ladies. Uh, visions of their own power. Uh, first of all, as an FDS mod who gets a ton of harassment online, and you know, mostly just keeps that to myself, um, for the most part. When guys are like, oh my god, you know, you said something I don't like, that's targeted harassment! Like, I have very little patience for people who complain about being harassed over mm. minor shit like that. Like, don't be a fucking drama. You know, like asking someone yeah, to smile at you, perhaps? behavior from a grown man. Um, yeah. Seeing this man act like a child and try to ma manipulate me was such a discouraging experience that I was turned off from dating for quite some time. Looking back, I could see a few red flags that I missed at the time. These included him commenting that men were falsely accused of sexual assault all the time. Waving! Whoa. Massive! Red black, yeah. What? He's a rapist. When a guy says that, he's he's actually accidentally admitting that he is a rapist. Straight up. Only rapists say shit. Or only people who are rapists or want to be rapists say shit like that. Yeah, it's very it's very strange to me. Um, Bringing up ex-girlfriends early on and asking me to rent a vehicle to help him move flags. a table to his house after only a few dates. Uh, quote, I didn't do it. However, I was not able to see how truly of a disgusting person he was until he completely took his mask off. Please roast the shit out of this girl. He deserve it. Deserves uh -oh, it. Oh yeah, also, let's roast him. I took from dating after my experience with this girl. I ended up meeting a great guy who knows how to appreciate a sushi picnic on the beach. Hooray! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah. Yay! Yeah, we're happy. I mean, I don't know what to say. This guy kind of roasts himself, like just by existing. Like, That's a bit of a cop out. Okay, I thought for our hard-earned Patreon money, we get to give you a story and then you roast the guy. Existence is a self-roast. He just seems crazy. He's crazy, but also I would not be surprised if, um, you know what it sounds like to me? Honestly, it sounds like one of those, uh, he gave her one of those red pill shit tests. Uh, she didn't respond the way he thought she would or he wanted her to. And then he threw a tantrum because now he, he feels like rather than express like his emotional needs or express to her uh, what he wants, um, he's like emotionally punishing her, right? Yeah. What? Sometimes when like guys like get in sulky moods, it's like they ha it's usually like mismatched expectations, or they yeah, or some kind of like manosphere thing. Oh, oh, test if she likes you by doing this, you know. As a general rule, I actually find it's very liberating when a guy is being. I don't think this manosphere shit. I think this guy's just a psycho. Sulky is to just be like, okay, you're not being funny anymore. Bye. Oh, you know? yeah. not loud enough. Guys, guys do that because they want you to try to be like. It's like a part of dread game where. Um, yeah, that's want, what I was saying. They want Dread you to, they be want like, to jump through oh, no, hoops. He's mad at me. What should I do? You know, they want you to, yeah, you know, to jump through hoops or like apologize. Yeah, yeah, to jump through hoops to try to make him feel better. It's a way of trying to emotionally punish you into doing what he wants. And I love, like, ever since my last, ex, like, one of my exes who used to do the emotional punishment routine, I just have zero patience for that from guys. And so as soon as they start to get all sulky and mean and like shitty, I'm just like, okay, bye. It's so fucking funny seeing their reaction because they're like, wait, what? Like, they weren't expecting that. They were expecting you to grovel and you know kowtow to him and i it's sad yeah. the reason why they do that is what happened to the roast you understand the show hasn't even started yet technically i'm sure a lot of women do fall into that trap of trying to you know of like self-doubt self-blame oh i should try to make him feel better that kind of shit um don't like any ladies listening in on this trust me like there's nothing more beautiful and empowering than when a guy is being a piece of shit like that and just being like Goodbye. Okay, you're not being fun anymore. Have a nice day. Man, that sucks for you, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, that must be really hard for you. Of course, they're probably going to go on Reddit and complain about, like, women are so heartless. They don't want you to show emotion. Like, that kind of shit. Um, <laughs> they who don't. Cares? It's not, yeah, it's not even the emotion. It's just, like, when a person is clearly punishing you. He started, like, picking at things that were clearly not the problem, like the sushi dinner, right? I feel like when you take the step from, like, not owning your shit or, like, owning your own problems or, like, communicating your own problems and just, like, antagonizing another person then that's a huge, huge red flag. This person just lacks emotional maturity of any kind. Emotionally immature and also, like, just toxic. Like, just actively yeah, antagonistic, right? Um, 
Yeah. I forgot how much I hate this. The other, the other thing about guys who emotionally punish you like that is like they don't want you to leave. Like I find when guys start to do that emotional punishing shit and I want to like make my way to the exit, that's what like I remember very vividly one time my ex was doing this and it's when I had enough of the emotional punishment and he like physically would not let me leave. Like he was blocking the door, like grabbing. I can tell you I have not had enough of this emotional punishment. Punish me, ladies. My arm wouldn't let me leave and you know like i was like if you're not gonna drive me home then i'm just gonna get a taxi or something and so um and i like left and then he like showed up at my place later it was very creepy anyways so yeah guys will like do this but they want you to stick around and suffer with them they, they want you to suffer from their and i want you all to stick around and suffer with me three they want you to engage yeah, they want you to engage. Yeah, they want you to engage. And so when you try to leave or when you drop out or when you've had enough or whatever, they're like, they get pissed off that that's not the reaction that they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. True. Okay, so that's our roast to scrote. That was not a roast. I want my money back. If you would like to submit your own roast to scrote or a queen shit or a not. Bait and switch. Please visit our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash low value mail strategy um, and sign up for one of our tiers and you can listen to our bonus content and submit a story to be read out loud on the podcast. Yeah. Yay. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Let's start the show. By the way, all the old episodes, uh, or most of the old episodes of the Female Dating Strategy are up on Spotify now. They'll go up on, the new episodes will go up earlier on patreon.com slash love email. What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Aww. podcast, the meanest podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Ro. And this is Savannah. And I'm Lilith. Uh, today's guest is Dr. Annie Casina. She is the author of three books. Uh, one. By the way, I got my finger on the skip button so hard right now with this doctor. Three books. Do you choose your dog more carefully than your husband? Um, and she specializes in helping women heal from emotional and narcissistic abuse. Dr. Annie, welcome to the pod. Thank you. It's really lovely to be with you today. Oh, not even a good... So my first uh, question to you, Annie, is, you know, what is um, narcissistic abuse? Um, well, narcissistic abuse. This is, is so a, sounds like shit too. Okay, this is this is another skip candidate. I suppose you call it a form of relationship which people get into unsuspectingly because they meet someone and that person sort of says the right kind of things. You get into a relationship and you have assumptions that it's all going to go really quite well, that the person's like you. And especially if you're following all the um, advice about how to date, what could possibly go wrong? And the fact is, people aren't aware of what a narcissist looks like put up a poll looking for them vote away know any of them although most of us do but this sounds boring as shit a very very good opinion of themselves they can come across to those of us who weren't born with um piles of confidence as being confident and therefore in some way aspirational their confidence <laughs> is over the top they think there's something it's a landslide and All they right. tend to have ideas of themselves as being somewhat better than who the hell of which ones are you voting to listen to this still you're more masochistic than i am um all right whoops episode 29 all right that's what that was episode 28 of the female dating strategy here we go now we're talking um, all right. The ones of you who are voting to not skip, there's something really, really wrong with you, and I'm worried about you. Honestly, I'm worried that you would want to listen to that. Uh, this is... 
something. Okay. This one, good one right here, and though. Here's a little segment. We- 50 50, episode 29 of the female dating strategy. We just banged out two like that. That's fantastic. I'm loving it. 50 50 is a scam. Why men should always pay more, plus patchy beard McWhiskey dick. Now we are talking episode 29 of the female dating strategy. Let's go. We call Rosta Scroat, where we read a story from one of our Patreon subscribers dragging one of the men they went out with. So this week's Rosta Scroat is from Anonymous, and it starts, I met this guy through mutual friends when a group of us went to a bar. We started talking. He asked if he could buy me a drink. That first night we met, he seemed decent and friendly, but little did I know I was in for a wild ride with a mixed grody in disguise. Mixed grody? What I found a little weird about him on the first night was that he was practically glued to my side and followed me around. He even told me when he was going to the bathroom and said he'd be right back. I barely knew him, and I also wanted to hang out with my girlfriends too, but I brushed it off and chalked it up to him being a bit drunk, and maybe it was because he really liked me and we were hitting it off so well. He asked me for my Snapchat because he wanted to see me again. I was going to a... If he asked for your Snapchat and not your phone number, that's a red flag. I was going to say pull over a red flag. No, depends what age you are. Well, you guys are all old. Good that's going down on Snapchat. No. I personally don't think Snapchat is that bad. I like to use it with my friends, but I find men who use Snapchat are scrubs, so... Like, they often use it for porn, too, so... Yeah, it's better than kick, but yes. Yeah, kick, is... Savannah. What are you a hundred? Who the fuck uses kick? If a guy asks for it, he's almost definitely interested in nudes. I was going to a big party the next weekend Please with a bunch open. of friends and wanted him to come, so I went ahead and invited him. He also asked for my phone number, so I put that in his contacts as well. He messaged me on Snapchat about an hour after we all went home, asking if I made it home safely. He didn't also text me to make sure I had his number saved in my phone as well. Our messages were exclusively on Snapchat, which is a red flag considering we were both in our early to mid-20s at the time. We would That's not early 20s? That's a red flag? Messages frequently Seems pretty normal. And tell each other about our days. He'd tell me if he was excited about seeing me at the party the upcoming weekend. In general, you know what? Now I think about it, like even whenever a man uses something other than like text or phone, I, I kind of almost want to say it's a red flag because I feel I feel the same way about guys that use WhatsApp. What's wrong with WhatsApp? There's nothing wrong with it. But it's just, <laughs> I love all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, yeah Snapchat. No, he's like, what's wrong with WhatsApp? It's like the insistence on using it, like oh you don't have WhatsApp, you have to download WhatsApp. It's almost like they think everything they say is some kind of like secret code. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you mean. Right. Oh yeah, like the whole encryption and encryption thing. Yeah, it's like you're not a fucking spy, okay? Like you don't need. Yeah, I can see like you've been talking a while, and then you just you just switch there because it might be like I don't know if he has like SMS. No, it's like it's like if someone wants to talk to you on Signal or like a dude's like hit me up on Signal. He's married. First of all, he has SMS charges. I don't know. (laughs) I don't don't date guys that don't have free unlimited plans, but whatever. Uh, uh, Such a thing exists. What's up? Because I I live it. Sometimes I go to areas that have spotty cell reception, but have okay internet. Like um, there's some, I don't know how much, like there's some areas like in rural areas, like my family's cabin, for example, where there's Wi-Fi there, but the cell reception is crap. So that's why I use uh, WhatsApp generally. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind it. I mean, it's, I I have it obviously. And I still talk to my, Oh, you could also use Snapchat. I just more or less think whenever a man's trying to immediately get you off, text their phone. I feel like that's a red flag now to me, right? Where like they don't want to communicate. If the guy called her though, she'd be like, if he goes, hey, I'm just going to call you old fashioned. She'd be like, red flag. He called me. Through text or phone at first, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I think Snapchat is definitely a red flag and kick too. Kick is like what people use when they're doing adultery, like when they're cheating on their wife. Doing the adultery. Doing one adultery. <laughs> And, and it's also what, like, pedophiles would use to find young children. It was really bad for that. Oh, no. <laughs> like, really bad for that. The internet needs to be burned to the ground. So, 
Moving along. I mean, if it was, we wouldn't get any fucking female dating strategy, so I can't argue with them there. Uh, when it was time for the party, me and him continued to hang out there, and my friends and I booked cheap hotel rooms to crash for the night since we were all planning on getting drunk. I ended up bringing him back to my hotel room, and we started hooking up. We were going at it for what felt like an hour, but in reality, it was probably only a few minutes. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Why did it feel so like an hour? Like an eternity, but it wasn't that. So that means it's This guy's right? like some sort of Casanova. Where it was only two minutes, but he's making it feel like an hour of lovemaking? Teach me your secrets. I'm thinking she's just really fucked up, so everything's in slow-mo. I was thinking she's just drunk. Um, okay. All right, continue. When I started giving him a blowjob, at first I thought I heard moaning, but then it started to sound like he was snoring. I looked up and realized... <laughs> Step your game up, lady. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. I looked up and I realized he fell asleep in the middle of a blowjob. I didn't Wasn't that wake good? Him up since he was passed out cold and we were both drunk and I was exhausted. Never in my life had I had a guy fall asleep on me. So that was the first. Damn. I'm speechless. Yeah, I don't even know what to say at that point. <laughs> Where do you begin? Does he have a condition? By the way, when you say you're speechless, then you're not. You're not speechless, but I guess I'm just nitpicking now. Or what? <laughs> he must have been really drunk. He must have had like straight up whiskey dick. You know, you can't feel anything. Um, yeah. I still continued seeing this guy because we got along so well. He wanted, he said he wanted to keep seeing me, and he asked me out on a date with just the two of us. Though the way he asked me seemed low effort, but back then I didn't know any better. He asked me what a beautiful girl like me likes to do for a date, and when I said I usually go to dinner at a nice place for a date, he asked me what kind of restaurants I like to eat at. Uh, I ended up choosing like a restaurant, a nice and he didn't tell me which location and time until two hours before the date was to happen. I got to the restaurant looking all dolled up. Don't women like that kind of stuff? Don't you like a mysterious man? Who's... With my makeup, nails, and hair done, and wearing my favorite springtime dress with heels while he showed up wearing jeans, an untucked polo shirt with a logo from an old job of his, tennis shoes, a baseball cap with a beer logo, and a patchy beard that he was unsuccessfully trying to grow out. (laughs) Whoa, come on. (laughs) Yeah, that unsuccessful. But again, it's like she's saying they're in their early 20s. You think dudes in their early 20s can just grow a beard? It's rare. Successful beard attempt. Is it like a pubic beard? Maybe like a soul patch? I don't know. Just patchy. Was it like a peeve beard? It's like, yeah, patchy. Just shave it off, dude. Like, mate, if you can't grow a full beard, just shave it. Just shave it. I, I was agree, taken but... aback, but my clown self tried not to be too judgmental and hope that maybe he didn't know any better. <laughs> um, we ate dinner. He had at least three margaritas while I only had one, and he paid for everything, including my parking, since it was in the downtown area. Pay for your parking? Doesn't seem like a real scrote move there. Uh, I was impressed, and he told me how beautiful I looked in my dress. Back then, I thought he was such a gentleman. There was a small outdoor concert a few blocks down he took me to and when that was finished he asked this sounds like a nice date this guy's quite the gentleman if i wanted to go to the bar nearby i agreed and he thought it was going to be too crowded and asked if i wanted to go back to his place and hang out for a bit he led me straight to his bedroom we didn't have sex but we did make out for a bit the, all, the whole him showing up and looking grubby the whole time i'm just having flashbacks to a really bad date i had when i was uh i think i was 19 or 20 and the guy he was a landscaper he just like showed up after work with like grass stains all over his pants and everything and i had like looked super done up i like did my hair i was looking super fine and then we went to a restaurant it was a pizza place and um and at the end he's like oh i forgot my wallet and i was like pissed off so anyways i paid for it and then um uh and he was like oh i'm so sorry i'll get it next time in my head i'm like there won't be a next time but it felt fucking humiliating to be like sitting all dressed up and like really beautiful and he looks like grubby. Like there were other people looking at us like I look way hotter than him and it just looks wrong, right? Relax, relax. They just thought you were an escort. <laughs> I mean, it's just inconsiderate. Like bathe yourself before you go on a fucking date. I don't understand. 
Uh, yeah, bathe yourself before you go on a yeah. date. I don't understand why things like this need to be communicated to men. It just it's just like a sign of respect. And I know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how Canadian cult culture is like American culture, sort of famously and informal Canadian culture. It's very similar to American culture. I don't know. Uh, we have the Canadian tuxedo. Does anything get more informal than that? You guys are attached, literally. Okay. Yeah. It's like it's it's informal in a lot of ways, but that I mean, I feel like men take it to a new low sometimes, or it's just like, oh, I'm just gonna dress however. <laughs> no, like most men know. If it, I mean, if you're going to a restaurant and it was like 7 p.m., okay, like he had time after work to, you know, go home and change and stuff. So I don't know what the fuck was wrong with him, but um, yeah, no, it was it, that was very bizarre. Anyways, yeah, the whole like I hate that scenario of like you take it, you know, you put effort to look good for a date and then the guy shows up looking grubby and then it's almost humiliating to be sitting across from a table with a guy who looks so beneath you i know what you mean uh he asked me out on a second date soon after and we did have sex then or at least try he had trouble maintaining an erection and he claimed he was nervous and afraid of disappointing me claiming he's never had that problem before sure lies sure you lies. lies i mean sometimes you get nervous he's like strike two yeah <laughs> he's a young boy lies <laughs> does he have like porn induced erectile dysfunction that's what this sounds like probably and whiskey dick i'm held in suspense um I saw him again the next day, and he still has some trouble keeping it up. You can only stay hard when giving him a blowjob, so I just resorted to that. Ugh, girl. girl. He also showed me a picture on his phone of something cool he made in his welding shop, and I noticed he had a couple of notifications from Loving this guy. From Kick Pop-Up. Kick was an app that was used by teenagers more than five years ago, and I had no idea what a 24-year-old man would be doing on Kick in 2020. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Right. <laughs> Savannah. Nope. Savannah's opinion is confirmed. Yeah. Savannah called it. More red flags started presenting themselves after. His ex-girlfriend who was with him for seven years broke up with him six months before I met him. She would show up to the bar we all frequented. First time she came was about three weeks after me and him started dating. And this girl pointed her out and told me that she was his ex. He claimed she was only there because she knew he would be there and she was trying to win him back. He said not to worry. She has some jealousy issues. That's like a weird triangulation thing for him to point that out. Yeah. That's what oh, what? Say. Are you going to not? I mean, otherwise you have to be like, hey, we have to leave. And you're like, why? And you're like, I don't know. Just, we have to go now. Uh, he says she has some jealousy issues, but he would never get back with her because she pulled some crazy stunts after they broke up. Once he had the audacity to ask me how he should respond to a text she sent him claiming he wanted my input. Okay. No, no, no. Triangulation. Yeah, that's triangulation. Yeah. Can you help me uh, figure out what to send my ex? That's no. Like you're a grown man. Like you can figure it out yourself. Mm. or just block her as he became more comfortable with me his mask started slipping even more and he eventually stopped asking me out on dates but kept texting me consistently he'd always send me good morning texts with 30 emojis and then good night cutie text he never got me a gift for my birthday just sent me a happy birthday with several kiss emojis <laughs> well this guy has already shown he's low effort i mean you can't be bothered to like not look like a slob on a date this is not a person who puts an effort or thought to other people doesn't sound like um, enough I noticed he'd often wear the same underwear, which were a very distinct color of boxer briefs, and I wondered how often he'd wash his underwear. What a douche. Ew. Never. Uh, Maybe often. J.J. Lieberman, friend of the show, he used to, for a long time, he had, like, two pairs of underwear, and he'd just wash them all the time. Ew. He started revealing more of his drinking habits, and he'd have a bunch of empty beer cans on his back porch and in his pantry. His house began looking more like a frat house, and he was 24 and out of college age. He started stacking all these empty beer cans into a pyramid and displaying them on his mantle above the fireplace. He thought it was cool, and also one week he revealed he was drinking beers alone in his car at his lunch break during work. That's... That's trash. Trashy behavior. That's it's like, okay, show. you know when, like, college, how some guys will... But again, that's just... He's still mentally in college. He was recently in college, and he's still there in his brain. They're freaking dorm. By the way, 15 more likes. I'll give away a channel membership. Let's do it. Room with, like, empty beer cans and alcohol bottles. It's like a freaking uh, crow with a bunch do of... Do it for like, black cheese. A pile of garbage. Like, look at my hoard of treasures. <laughs> uh, 
My final straw was one of the nights he made plans with me. He spent the whole day drinking in the parking lot of his job after he clocked out. Somehow managed to drive home and told me he couldn't make it because he got way too drunk and was tired home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He shouldn't be driving. Home <laughs> yeah, drunk. Yeah, no. no. Irresponsible. 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 Yeah, this is the guy with problem, clearly. Um, I told him that was rude on his part and he agreed and said that he was Ooh. sorry, but I didn't want to hear anymore. I left him on red and went out with some girlfriends. The next day we hung out in a group again when, and when I dumped him on the spot he told me how angry it made him that i left him on red and to never do that again because that made me a major b-word he said he felt like i painted him out to be a bad person because i called him out and his drinking a couple of days later he messaged me saying he was no longer drinking at work and didn't want to drink every day anymore i was tired of his manipulation and sent him a long paragraph calling him out in his disrespect and then i deleted him on snapchat so he could see my message but couldn't reply he had a beer belly back knee and a pew beard <laughs> i cringe at the low standards i had as a pick me and learned not to meet guys with a beer can pyramid as decoration at their house i spent too much time worrying about what was wrong with me when this guy stopped putting in effort never again well i'm glad i'm glad you broke up with him sis the only thing i would have done differently is uh i mean not dating him at all but other than not dating him at all is um the paragraphs like don't send him in paragraphs just like just block and delete honestly yeah i know i mean i guess now we're kind of seeing the build up to like his erectile dysfunction problems because he has serious drinking problem did you yeah. ever actually have penetrative sex like <laughs> that wasn't a blowjob like that's true she doesn't really actually describe that here like what did they ever actually have sex <laughs> with his whiskey dick yeah whiskey induced erectile dysfunction is also a problem like you may as well date a eunuch like that's exactly how useful <laughs> that's exactly how useful he is I don't know what to say to that other than like fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah, what a roast. How a man, fuck him. Uh, grooms himself and Roasted. his own hygiene and the respect he shows you on a date that's going to be indicative of his sexual skills and I think this checks out in the story, right? If he's drunk and yeah. passed out, drunk and lazy, drunk can't get it up. Also, he just sounds like a kid. He's like again, I know he's 24 years old and he's obviously an adult man, but this just sounds like kid shit. He's still in his brain. He's just in college. Showing up to a date. He's probably going to be low effort like that in bed. Literally, he fell asleep during a blowjob. <laughs> and yeah, and then couldn't get an erection anytime you guys are hanging out any other time. So yeah, I feel bad for him because he needs to get his life together. Yeah, alcoholism is no joke. So yeah, he needs to stop being an alcoholic like geez. Geez, like geez. Alcoholics Anonymous or something. But yeah, you don't have to put up with that. So <laughs> I wish you all the good dick in the world. Yep. Yeah, cool. I wish all, right. all so my listeners like all the good own, dick in the world. Own roast to scroll or submit a queen shit or a nasus. Uh, we're for some more There's queen. never been a queen shit or a nasus, by the way. Only roast to scrotes. You can tell by the the pedigree of the type of people who do this shit. There's never been queen shit or nasus. If you just want us to like celebrate your successes, uh, go to patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy and sign up for one of our tiers. You can listen to our bonus content and submit a story for us to be read out loud on the podcast. Thanks. Let's Thanks. start the show. That wasn't the start. What's up, Queens? What's up, Welcome Queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Ro. And this is Savannah. And I'm Lilith. And today's topic, why going 50-50 in relationships is a scam. Yeah, so this is one of the more controversial FDS-isms, even though, like... Now we are talking. Like we haven't talked about it on the podcast yet, because I almost take it for granted that men should pay for dates. It's probably our most controversial one, to be fair. This is the this is the point that gets the scrotes backs up the most. That when they see FDS, <laughs> they're like, scrolling through someone, oh my gosh, she expects me to pay for a date? Like, you would think that we were asking for, like, 10 liters of their blood. But we're not. We're just asking to pay for a date. You think we were asking for a kidney or something? Yeah, but uh, no, it's just. <laughs> and I believe one of the early earliest posts to go viral on FDS was about men paying for dates. So this is this is OG FDS, like vintage. Again, and I'll say this: I, I'm totally in the camp of paying for dates, like you know, within reason. Definitely, first date guys got to pay for it, right? But 
the problem, the confusion is all these women who are like, we're equal and we don't want like, you know, guys have heard this a lot where women are like, no, I want want to split the date. You know, I don't want to I want to want it to seem like I'm whatever. And then but they yeah, don't mean it. FDS. To be fair, it's not just men where this gets their backs up. A lot of women, for some reason, think that it's a flex on the patriarchy to whip out their wallet on a first date. See? And I'm like, sis, if you knew what men thought about women who pay for dates, yeah, you wouldn't be thinking that. So I um, have zero idea. We think they're fucking awesome is what we think. Why the concept of women going 50-50 on dates or paying for themselves became some kind of uh, feminist frontier. I know that this is a byproduct of second-wave feminist ideas where a lot of feminists felt like, well, if I show men, I can take care of myself and I'm capable of taking care of myself and I can pay for myself and I'm showing that um, I should and can be equally respected in this relationship. Um, but unfortunately, it just doesn't work that way as a lot of women are finding out <laughs> that uh, women taking on more financial responsibility didn't necessarily translate to more relationship respect. If anything, I feel like all the scrotiest dudes just like took that <laughs> and idea and like ran with it. And they, they just kind of, you know, isn't it an Scrotious. interesting trick that patriarchy has played on us where, you know, if uh, if a man pays for dinner, that means he owns us and that we are supposed to submit to him and serve him and so on. But if what? we want to be free or we want to be respected, then we have to pay them to respect us. And they don't even respect us. They'll just take our money and run. <laughs> yeah. Women. And I don't know about that. Taking your money. Solvency allowed them to have the freedom to leave men who were bad for them and to invest in themselves and to uh, create their own careers, their own financial independence. And, um, and a byproduct of that is women overall being having healthier relationships because they were able to walk away from unhealthy relationships because they were not as financially dependent on men. But I don't think that a man paying for a date is indicating that you want to be financially dependent on him or setting women back, so to speak. Yeah, it's, it's coded as you know, a lot of feminists will, you know, especially the whole abolish gender role crowd will be like, um, you know, a man paying for dates is a symbol of the patriarchy or comes from a time when it is a man would protect and provide for a woman. And then it does the bargain in exchange for that was that women would submit to him and serve him. And so if you allow a man part, to pay but... for a date, then you're perpetuating this unequal power dynamic and so on. And I'm like, why does it have to be that way, though? Right. Like I see it when a man spends money on me, I see it as like he is a vassal paying tribute to a queen and I'm the queen. So <laughs> I, can't I mean, like, you really got to reframe your mind. It's like you met on a fucking dating app. What are you talking around, about? You know, men spending money on you because just because he spends money on you doesn't mean you owe him anything. doesn't mean he owns you. It's just him earning his keep, quite frankly. And like we said in our Twitter, it's very odd to me that it's not feminist to expect men to pay for dates, but sex work is feminist, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we keep talking about this. Well, yeah, why is it... As we say on the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, low-value male version of f sex work is real work. Feminist for a man to pay for your OnlyFans, but not a man for pay to pay for your dinner. Why is right. that considered regressive? Yeah, you're really giving, you know, patriarchy the middle finger by having OnlyFans and being a porn star, really. Th or this is why we Take keep that saying patriarchy. that liberal feminism is some kind of psyop that makes no sense because they don't seem to have thought through all the implications of on one hand asserting like a woman shouldn't have to be financially dependent on a man and you should be able to show that you're independent and then promoting the idea that women should be financially dependent on men specifically in the sex trade. So they need to get like their ideology worked out because shit makes no sense. Yeah, it's wrong for women to be financially dependent on men unless she's a prostitute or a porn star, in which case 100% you go girl. That's, you know, empowering <laughs> and feminist. Yeah, it's very strange. I don't know. I think it's just a hodgepodge of ideas that um, men figured out how to cherry pick and promote. I mean, it sounds like they're cherry picking a bit right here. Base of feminism. Basically what I feel like happened, because this is, 
this is men are some crafty bastards ladies there's some sneaky shout out to all the men bastards they are we talk about how media uh and specifically liberal feminist media uh oh uh, getting into the media talk a little kanye so a lot of men's media especially in the form of like comedians or uh -oh. i guess comedians would almost be like the original man this this can't be good. Atmosphere before we really had the internet, but um, certain narratives start to get pushed to the forefront, right? Over other ones, like white people drive like this and black people drive like this. So, I I know for sure because we've highlighted this on the subreddit that women's magazines in particular started pushing the idea like, oh, if you're strong, independent women, you should pay for dates, and uh, men started pushing that idea as well because they're like, well, why do I have to pay, right? If if you're such a strong, independent woman, if she's not going to submit to me, then why should I pay? Right, exactly. And so I don't know, you know, it's a chicken or an egg thing. Did like feminists come up with that themselves, or did men say that? So then feminist, so then liberal feminists like hop skipped and said, that's fine, I won't pay. You don't, or, oh, that's fine, you don't have to pay. I'm an independent woman, right? And I'm leaning towards probably men said it first, and then liberal feminists probably scrambled to try to look like they were cool girls and that they didn't need a man to pay. actually no I, I feel like this idea that that women should pay for dates is actually pretty recent like as long as oh, i've been very recent i've at least it's been like normal for women to pay for dates but even like talking to women who are in their 30s or, or early 40s a lot of them are talking about how you know when they were younger it was the norm for meant to pay for dates so i think this is really yeah. the only thing that's been happening in the last like maybe 10 or 15 years maybe Ten. because of the economic downturn because i think some of this too could be no it's not because of the economic downturn dummy it's because women with all the wage gap shit and they go we want to be paid as much as men you go well then you pay for out of this shit after the 2008 financial crash a lot of people were broke and so men you know what happens when we have economic downturn men start blaming women and deciding that women don't deserve so <laughs> um but i don't know but i, I do think that um i want to say i do think there's a lot of um feminist media that was pushing that idea prior to that though because it wasn't the first time i heard of going dutch or like the sadie hawkins thing where the idea was like oh women should make the first move women should pay for dates women should do everything basically pushing women to do the primary it's literally the concept of bumble pursuer role and pushing women to do the, the primary provider role like i think it was before that because i remember a commercial or at least I've seen these vintage commercials from the 1980s about this woman bragging about, oh, I'm a woman. I can bring home the bacon and fry it up in a pan. You know, like the idea yeah. that a woman could do everything a man can do. Um, they can. They absolutely can. So I think some of it was just about women showing, quote unquote, showing men they were just as good, that, good as them or doing whatever they could do. Yeah, but then it ended up getting turned around on us because now, you know, before the gender roles used to be, you know, men pay, women, you know, are nurturing and submissive and whatever. And now we've got, you know, a case where men don't have to provide, women have to provide, and we do all the cooking and the cleaning and the housework and the child rearing, right? So now gender roles are basically women. Yeah, we do everything a man can do. Again, the, this idea that women do all the cooking, like what fucking planet are you living in? I mean, I'm sure in some cases, but that's not true that women do all the cooking. They also still have to do all the things a woman can do or are supposed to do. And, you know, men just don't want to do that. Like, I mean, it's obviously like a hacky premise, but men are literally better chefs. I mean, it's easier to get women to want to work because to work is to have money and financial independence, right? You know, who doesn't want that, right? But who who wants to do chores? Nobody, right? So the idea of forcing men to do chores is going to be a lot harder than the idea of getting women excited about having their own money because, like, chores suck. <laughs> and truth be told, everybody who wasn't wealthy, essentially, or at least middle class, had a woman in a house who worked, right? Like, the concept of a woman not having to work has actually only been afforded to a small amount of women, in, at least in the United States. Like middle class and upper class, yeah. Yeah, for middle class, upper class women. So working class women have pretty much always worked. So even when we're having this conversation, it just it's, it screams like privileged women. I mean, also not true because I have friends who are not upper class by any stretch of the imagination, but they have so many kids where it just makes sense for them 
uh, woman to stay at home. White so. feminism. Um, the idea that working is going to somehow bring a sense of equality to relationships that, quite frankly, a lot of working class women who've been working forever. Exactly. Working class women have always worked and they were still considered subservient to men. So working by itself and paying and earning your own money and so on is by itself is not going to. They probably could include these type of women in already. And I believe that a lot of uh, feminist scholars who critiqued second wave feminism said as much that essentially this is a movement for privileged white people. This is a movement for privileged white women to feel like they're uh, correcting or uh, correcting the economic power imbalance in their home or feeling like they're going out there and having their own careers and, and having their own sense of importance in the world. But for women who don't have that privilege, it doesn't necessarily seem like a pressing feminist issue because they're already working. Yeah. So, I mean, the narr- the thing is, is it's not that um, it's not like working by itself is going to create equality. It's the narratives around heterosexual relationship scripts that need to change. So, it's, yeah, like having your own money is important, but it's not enough by itself. And here's the thing in terms of like, you know, how do we apply this to female dating strategy? It's pretty much a given in FDS that like, yeah, men should pay for dates. Like, in fact, I think it says in the handbook. Always? They have a handbook? Men are non-negotiable. And when we're talking about generous men, it's not just about financially generous men. We want men who are generous with their time, their effort, their affection and other things as well. And I've definitely noticed a correlation in my relationships between men who are cheap, like stingy, don't want to spend money, tight fisted and men who are emotionally tight fisted. You know what I mean? I find like men who are, you know, they they tend to have this attitude of like wanting to get something for nothing. They don't want to have to contribute having to spend money or spend time or emotional energy on something they see as a loss or as, as something being taken away from them, but they're completely happy doing that to other people. You know, they're always looking for a deal, always looking for a bargain. They're always haggling over every little penny. They really have been listening to this Kanye West shit. I know what they're talking about right now. Yeah. Those guys are annoying. Yeah. Those guys are annoying, right? Like the the kind of guys, those guys, you know, playstation or whatever on their birthday the kind of guy expects their girlfriend to buy them a playstation on their birthday but then when her birthday but then they'll get her nothing but then they get her nothing because they don't believe in gifts or something right (laughs) yeah (laughs) they don't believe in giving gifts but they believe in receiving gifts exactly yeah like guys who want something for nothing right and yeah it's kind of the personality type that i find and chicks for free is associated with men who are cheap but also men who are takers in relationships they're happy for you to serve them and cook for them and you know do things for them and spend money on them and, and all that kind of stuff but they don't reciprocate. And so I find if you, as a woman, if you're looking for a relationship that's reciprocal, a man who offers to pay for dates, for example, is a really good indicator of his future behavior in the relationship. So yeah, so let's then start from the beginning, which is the first indicator that a man's going to be generous is that he offers to pay for your date. This is often confusing to people who sort of casually browse FDS because they look at this as a regressive gender role, or they say things like, just because a man pays for a date doesn't mean he's high value. My ex paid for dates and he was an abusive man, et cetera, et cetera. We are not saying by any means that just because a guy pays for a date means that he's high value. But if he doesn't want to pay for a date, that's an automatic low value. Automatic low value, automatic red flag. It's, it's almost like paying for a date is the bare minimum. It, it isn't something that- I mean, for sure for the first date, guys. It's, you got to pay for the first one. Because the problem is, is that you're competing against other guys at the end of the day. And there's just too many guys who will. So you're just, you're doing yourself, unless this is the hill you decide to die on, 
It's just that's what you got to do. Should be getting excited about. The worst though is when the chick's like really insisting that you, you you split it and then you do it and then she holds it against you. I've seen you know women on the subreddit saying, "Oh, this guy paid for a date and he turned out to be low value." I was like, "Well, yeah, because paying for a date is the bare minimum. That's not that doesn't make him high value per se, but it's like the bare minimum. Just like him, you know, showering is the bare minimum. Him <laughs> paying for a date should be the bare minimum." Yeah, like my ex showered, but he turned out to be abusive later. Doesn't mean that a guy showering is automatically high value, but a guy not showering is automatically low value it's definitely low value right? yeah and there's no coming back <laughs> yeah the absence of this is the problem yeah. <laughs> yeah so so yeah and obviously there's guys that financially overextend themselves because they're love bombers so they like to pretend like they're ballers etc cetera, etc cetera. and then uh they like to try to invest uh they like to invest a high amount early on in the relationship to quote-unquote get women get women hooked so i think sometimes when women are responding to our suggestion that men pay for dates negatively, they may also be recalling the times when men overinvested financially early on and it turned out to be a... A bait and switch. Yeah, bait and switch or indicator of a person who was going to love bomb them and manipulate them, get them hooked on them, you know, be flashy, et cetera. So um, all we're saying is, is that the absence of a man's willingness to pay for a date is a red flag, huge red flag. And keep in mind that the way that it starts is how it's going to continue. Men very seldom become more generous over time. Yeah. They might either, yeah. either they're either going to remain the same amount of generous or they're going to become less generous over time. And so if he's starting out being not generous, it's either going to stay the same or it's going to get worse. So you want a guy who starts out being generous because then hopefully he'll remain generous. Sometimes he might become a little less generous, in which case that's a future problem that you're going to have to deal with. But you want him to start out being generous because you know, we've seen way too many horror stories on Reddit, for example, where, you know, a woman says, you know, oh, I'm like seven months pregnant and, you know, my husband earns four times as much as me. But, you know, he's, he expects me to go 50-50 on the rent, even though, you know, I'm on maternity leave and I make way less than him. And, you know, he expects me to split uh you know, the baby expenses, or even worse, I've seen stories where the man says, well, you wanted a kid and I didn't. And so all the baby expenses are your damn, that's cold blooded. Like, that's for you to pay for. Right. And you can live in my house and that's it. And even like longer time as well. There are stories where a woman will be like, I've been married to my husband for 20 years and he's never taken me on a date ever and it's like you think after 20 years he's gonna start being generous narcissist bitch you married a scrot i don't know what to tell you the ship sailed and is probably in the shipyard broken 25 years ago mate like it's not coming back savannah laughs at her jokes all the time and they're not funny but she loves yeah the ship uh, caught on fire and sunk to the bottom of the ocean it's at the bottom of the atlantic just you know rusting away it's not coming back <laughs> so next to leo dicaprio's character in the titanic <laughs> jack <laughs> Oh, poor Jack. (laughs) So, but uh, no, my point being that um, you have to keep in mind, not just how your relationship is now, but how it's going to be in the future, especially when things like pregnancy or, you know, raising kids and stuff, because, you know, even if he goes 50, 50 on the childcare, which let's be real, most men do not, um, he can't go 50, 50 on childbirth, right? It's not like he's going to carry the baby for four and a half months and like nurse it with one of his tits. Okay. Tag team you in. All right, you go. (laughs) I mean, his, like, dick and asshole is not at risk of being ripped in half by childbirth. Like, if that was the case, then, yeah, fair enough, go 50-50. If men, you know, if their pelvis is... This really seems like, uh, when you really just break things down to kind of first principles, this seems to be the main grievance in, in that kind of just underlying everything is that women have to give birth and men don't. Well, you, you know, broken or fractured or their assholes were split. 
yeah, fair enough. You can go 50 50. But that doesn't happen. It's not wow. even just about the. I just like had a shiver just thinking of my asshole being split. What happens to your physical body, although that does matter too. But also consider that your earning potential as a woman yeah. when you get married or when you have kids actually decreases. When a man gets married or has kids, his earning actually increases. It goes up. And sometimes, and sometimes the income, or like a woman's income or earning potential, it never recovers. There are so many women who remain um, part-time workers, and this also causes problems for them down the line, especially problems. when they come to retirement because they haven't paid enough into a pension pot. So to go back to our first point about... By the way, 21 more likes, and I'll give away another membership to the channel! Men hang on the first date. A lot of men will try to lowball you because they want to, quote-unquote, feel your vibes together before they commit to a real date or before they uh, commit to whining and dining you, etc. Um, first of all, that is a marker of a man who probably serial dates. I said, if you're following our FDS strategy, we usually tell women to do some kind of Skype date or call date to basically make sure that he looks like how his picture, you look like your picture, that um, you can check your vibes there and then not leave your house specifically unless he is going to commit to an actual date. But, but on the topic of like the serial dating, are they really serial dating though? Because the men who have put up the most resistance about paying, um, you know, for a date are also the ones who say they struggle to get dates. Well, I think uh, it's I don't know about a lot what? of the red pill guys in, in particular who are... Again, it's not even like I mean, I'm sure it's the money in some instances, but it's it's a principal issue for these guys, which I again I don't even necessarily agree with. But they're just trying to say, like, hey, if you're saying we're all equal and there's no difference, then shouldn't it be 50 50 paying for dates because their entire strategy is to cycle through as many women as possible. And that's why I said serial daters specifically, because these are the type of guys that want to lowball on dates so that they can be fuckboys, right? Low commitment dates, low effort dates. You know, hey, let's grab drink. Quantity over quality. Yeah, quantity over quality because they're just looking. I mean, there is an element, too, where they straight up, like, they don't have any plans of any sort of commitment. They do want something casual. And you don't you don't want to be like, oh, we're going on these crazy things because then you're like, there's an expectation. and Being for casual sex. Or they're just looking just, for a woman yeah. they can uh, be a pretend boyfriend for or, like, bait and switch later. So part of the 50-50 strategy, at least for men, is to not have to make as much financial in investment and then cover a wide range of women or, or don't make as much financial investment in each particular woman, woman, so that you can date a lot of women at once. And what we're that is good advice, guys. What we're saying is, don't let them be able to do that. Eliminate those guys from your dating pool. No, yeah. don't eliminate them. <laughs> make them invest. Yeah, weed those guys out really quickly from your dating pool. I mean, that is actually also good advice. And look for the guys who are a little bit more focused, because then they're going to be very careful about the women they actually take out on dates and they actually meet, right? Because they're not just casting a wide net for casual sex. They're looking for a woman who they specifically enjoy time with, who they potentially see a relationship with. So specifically the strategy where we suggest that women always make sure that men pay for dates if they're going to see a man, and that they not agree to any date, that are not actual dates um, is to weed out all of these types weed out the men who are trying to cast a wide net to date a lot of women that is going to weed out most men except for the extremely wealthy who could date a lot of women and pay for a lot of dates ah the <laughs> extremely the wealthy but for the average guy the average guy just forcing them to invest even a little bit you know fifty dollars for you on a dinner as well as his own money for fifty dollars for his meal will force them to focus on specific women rather than just casting out a wide net to try to get laid keep in mind like you know we're not asking for a 500 dollars fine dining experience you know you can find like a perfectly affordable you know 20 dollars a person right and if you can't afford that then he shouldn't be dating say 20 dollars where the fuck can you do that honestly like if he's so broke he can't afford you know 20 dollars a week on it for a date um 
He should be what date is twenty dollars? I can't imagine these chicks are super pumped if you like took them to Wendy's. Bring his financial situation. Yeah, because most guys don't cook either. So most men are eating. Lots of guys cook, anyway, so he can probably sacrifice one meal to take you out. Yeah, even if he's kind of strapped for cash. I think it's also going back to you know bare minimum standards. If you look at you know most women will have friends where if their friend asks them out, you know they'll pick up the bill and not think twice about it. So when, you know, when you're going on a date, you're ultimately looking for a man to essentially become, you know, one of the most important people in your life. So why would he treat you worse than a friend? Like, I know when I go out with my friends or my sisters, it's not a big deal who pays. Like, sometimes I pay, sometimes she pays. But generally speaking, the one who asks the other one out is usually the one who pays, basically. Yeah, and we expect men to make the first move, so. Exactly. So, you know, why would you want to be with somebody who can't even treat you as good as your friends especially when they're auditioning to be like the they main got that good dick man in your life it just doesn't that's another way to look at it as well nine more exactly. likes so we're not saying that because he pays then he's in charge that you have to submit to him we're not talking about uh gold digging we're not talking about hypergamy we're talking about a dating strategy and i want to keep re-emphasizing that because this just seems to be a bone of contention with everyone who takes issue with FDS, and I feel like they they really, really read surface level. They, they really only see the surface level of our strategy if they think it's about gold digging and hypergamy when it comes to asking men to pay for dates. Or, like, they, they see it, and then it just reminds them of what their all existing biases are, or their existing experiences are, and think, oh, like, that wouldn't work for me, or, you know, yeah, you know, feminists will look at that and think, oh, well, you know, historically, you know, men paid and women submitted, and so if you want a man to pay, that means you want to submit. No, that's not what we're saying at all. Uh, it's a very different very different strategy what are you and it's saying? not just about getting free dinner the end goal is a relationship with a man who is generous so and that's the other thing the whole free dinner thing let's let's talk about that the free dinner strategy that's our nickname hilarious name free dinner strategy <laughs> okay let's dissect it because like because guys who think that women go on dates just for free dinners first of all for sure they do that's i mean i've seen articles about this of women who literally like bragged about doing this in New York City. Well, like, women don't do that. Like, we, we don't, you know, we can pay for our own food. It's not like we're out there, like, begging for free dinner. Not all you. And we don't need a man to get free food. Like, if I wanted free food, I'll just go home and just, you know, leech off my parents for a week. Like, my mum will make me whatever I want at home. And the food is good. And she's not going to, like, you're going to be blowing up my phone angry that I didn't have sex with her. So why would I? I mean, she might be mad that you bankrupted her. I'm sorry. That was too easy. So why would I need? Way less hassle. Do you know what I mean? Like, why would I be scrolling through? Tin... And also, to be fair, like, I take myself out a lot. Like, I go solo dining. I really enjoy my own company. Like, I'll take a book and just read or do some work. So, you know, when guys like it's free dinner strategy, it's like it's more stressful going out with a guy than just ordering a takeout for yourself. It's actually more stressful. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, why would I risk, you know, potentially getting fucking kidnapped or, you know, sexually assaulted or even murdered? You know, a lot of guys do, well, not a lot of guys do that on dates, but it does happen, okay? Why would I risk that for a free dinner when I can just order takeout by myself, right? Or just harassed and annoyed and having to deal with a strange man's pissy attitude, because that'll, that's just more than enough reason to not waste your time on a quote-unquote free dinner with a guy that you haven't vetted properly and feel like you're going to have a good time, right? Because a lot of these guys are just, why would you spend, why would you waste three hours of your evening just being annoyed right <laughs> and something that guys also don't seem to want to acknowledge they're not stupid either but they just don't want to acknowledge this fact is that getting ready for a date is not free and it's very time consuming like this is the gender that loves to say oh men are visual we love going for women who look good because it's our biology <laughs> but then looking good but looking good costs money like i was running well it depends on who you are i mean there's 
not going to get into it but you know through my head how much on average it costs you know me to get ready for a day if i if i'm you know really going all out it's upwards of like a hundred pounds and this is even before I've even seen the guy. If you look at a dress, if you look at hair, if you look at nails. She if probably you at, wears out a couple of belts and her <laughs> Makeup and then the time. I've already invested over £100 before I've even seen you. So for me, the dinner is not free. Yeah. You know, guys love to say, oh, we're so visual. But then looking good, costs, it, it costs money. It's not free. Yeah. And the, let's be real. Like, the guys who complain that, you know, oh, women just use me for free dinners is just cope. What What's actually happening is they go on the dinner... The woman doesn't have a good time, probably because his personality is unbearable, and then she doesn't call him back. And so rather than yeah. be like, oh, women don't like me and don't want to spend time with me, maybe I should do something to like be more likable to women, they instead just go, oh, women are just using me for free dinners. No, she used me. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, you should, if, if you have the opportunity to buy a woman a dinner, you should consider yourself lucky. A lot of men don't even get that, okay? That's... <laughs> right? So, you know, that's your opportunity to impress a woman. And it's your fucking fault if you blow up that, if you blow that opportunity. You know, that's not women's fault. So to piggyback off of what you're saying, a lot of women are afraid to go on dates that are full dates and instead prefer to go on low cost, low effort coffee dates because they think, well, I don't want to make the mistake of being in the same room with the guy. And then if I want to nope out of the date, it becomes awkward because they're having dinner. So to, re to reiterate, a lot of the vetting strategies that FDS suggest, the bulk of the work should take place prior to you meeting in person so that the first time when you meet a, That's, pers a guy I in guess, person. good advice. Three more likes, by the way. Come on, three more. It shouldn't be a huge deal to go on a formal date unless he just drastically changes his entire personality um, once you end up on a date, in which case it's perfectly fine to excuse yourself to the bathroom and just not come back. Um, <laughs> but I just I want to make sure that we say that because people people really get on us because we say fuck coffee dates. Right. And a big reason why we're kind of anti coffee dates, because, again, low investment on men's part, uh, a high probability that that you will become overly emotionally invested in a date than a low effort date without focusing on how much he's actually invested first and can i just also make the point that i actually don't drink coffee so that would be a non-starter for me and i'm not what about tea come on what was the semantics tea date then going out the house to drink water so coffee is... water coffee or drink you're british the nighttime version of that is going on oh, you don't drink tea either same, okay. same difference yeah Sound meaning fun. you should go on a date where shout out shout out to coco butte uh a coco butte no, no drink dates have dinner observe his manners the dinner is an opportunity just for him to show the full extent of his behavior. Even if it's not dinner per se, let's say you go to a museum, it doesn't necessarily have to be dinner, but a date where he's financially invested and also you have ample opportunity to view his personality in a variety of settings and with a variety of people. And it also needs to be thoughtful as well. Like, let's not forget. Shout out to Indy Keegan getting the channel membership. Well-deserved, Indy Keegan. That access as well. A lot of women comment on my twitter to say things like well i just feel more comfortable paying half until i get to know him better or you know what if i don't like going for dinner what if i prefer you know drink dates or coffee dates and to that i say you know you know you do you it's your life if you really like coffee dates then you know i'm not gonna arrest you know no one from fds is gonna come arrest you right um fds is ultimately about a specific way to date and we recommend strategies for women that are going to create the best possible result and if you are not interested in getting the best possible result like you know, that's on you. <laughs> and specific, specifically, don't let men condition you to accept less because I don't know if I made that clear in my last uh, comment, but don't let men guilt trip you for accepting a dinner that they paid for, right? Some of the 
coffee date and drink date women prefer that because men in the past have guilt tripped them and antagonized them over a date that they went on that the man paid. Yeah. And what we're trying to say is fuck them and fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, you can you could do whatever you want, by the way. That's if you be like that's how you approach things, but I'm sure there's a lot of guys who are like you better look a certain way or be a certain way. Or they're just not going to put up with it. <laughs> what we're trying to get across is don't let them condition you to accept less because they're assholes. Right? Yeah, exactly. Because that is a minimum investment. And, they, and they've now conditioned you to accept less than the minimum because they've now conditioned you to accept the idea that if they pay for a dinner, that they're somehow owed additional time, they're owed sex, they're owed consideration, they're owed anything but your company for the meal as long as uh, you're mutually enjoying it. What we're trying to point out is that men keep lowering the bar and you guys keep accepting it because you keep. I mean, okay, what if the date sucks? What if, I mean, I'm sure a lot of guys have been on one of those where you're like, what, you got to pay for dinner and you hate it? Getting scared, right? You keep letting them intimidate you out of asking. Well, men keep bullying women into lowering their standards. And then rather than recognize that as the bullying that it is, women just take it as fact. Right. Exactly. So, you know, a lot of women will say like, oh, I feel uncomfortable accepting a dinner date or going on a dinner date. Why? Because then I'm going to feel like he, you know, I owe him something. No, you don't. And it's like, okay, take a second to ask yourself, why do you feel that way? Like, why do you feel like you owe sex to a man just because he took you out for dinner? Is it because you actually owe him sex or because men have bullied you in the past into thinking that that's what you should do? This is how the bar starts to get pushed lower and lower and lower until it's slicing through the center of the earth and coming out of the other side. Right. This is how the bar gets lowered. Men just start to make demands about what they feel they're owed. And then women get intimidated out of it. Sounds like it's a negotiation. So I don't know. Women just get better at negotiating. Standing their own ground. And I'm like, if we if we don't start setting putting the bar somewhere reasonable, then it won't even just be coffee dates, right? The next generation of girls will be bullied into doing even less, right? Like, oh, if you don't let me come over and eat all your food and chill in your house and watch Netflix. But, did, but didn't, didn't we see on Reddit, like, the laundromat day? Exactly. Yeah, laundromat day, yeah. He was literally washing his clothes and she was just sitting there. Yeah, well, it's because she, that guy was way out of her league. That's why she did that. Like, to think that she was like, oh, some 10, and he's like, come meet me at a laundromat. He's some gross neckbeard fat dude. And she goes, okay. And fold it, yeah. Fucking dickhead. <laughs> Don't you? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> ladies, it's not just about you. It's also about future women and girls, right? The sisterhood, yeah. And my sister makes this point all the time. She was like, there are so many women who are letting the team down, I think. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Don't let the team down, sis. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, there is a thing called biology, and you all are competing in the gene pool. Fortunate for some of you. Literally says that. Like, it's also like, I'm not sure I should say this in the point, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Fuck it. But it's also say it. We don't have to accept the lowered bar, and each time a woman accepts a lower bar, you, you know, that's where it's gonna remain. Like, men aren't gonna turn around on mass and raise the bar because they've really got little incentive to. Yeah, it's not like one woman lowers the bar and all of a sudden it's just been lowered for every woman on earth. We're used to women accepting the lowered bar. And I assure that there's uh, some guy in the world has gone on a date with one of these three and has been like, man, I really. S- that was a new low for me. Like women as a class, we have to work together to raise the bar, you know. So and also because ultimately men, you know, they they want us probably more than we want them now as well. So the, Maybe. the gender dynamics, especially for relationships where we're seeing, you know, you know, single men, you know, are having less sex, they're less happy outside of relationships. Um, I will find sources for these, by the way. Um, you know, it's 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 really in our favor to raise the bar because eventually it's either, it's either they're going to have to meet the new standard or they're just going to. Die mad and alone. So this has been a 
point of contention, I think, in the last generation or so since we got rid of formal gender, gender roles and that men and women don't have roles of engagement and it's all about how you feel or quote-unquote communication. Um, and in the absence of expected behavior, men have just uh, dragged the bar as low as it can possibly go because their whole attitude is like, I shouldn't have to do anything because we're equal now or whatever, right? We are the equal, idea is you have to create some kind of standard. Otherwise, men will literally do the absolute bare minimum. And if you're not actively advocating for yourself as a woman and creating situations that are advantageous for yourself. I mean, again, women can do so much more in terms of bare minimum than men. Like a woman... If she's attractive enough, which I guess you could say that that's not the bare minimum for her to get that way, but like she could show up for a date and fucking track pants and like not pay for anything and they could do dick all dudes don't care that much. Then you'll keep being convinced to do things that do not benefit you, right? And the suavest men and the slickest men will convince you that lowering your bar will benefit you when it actually benefits them. So we're just, what we're doing is a course correction and pointing out that every time you do something that is, uh, less beneficial to you than the uh, alternative and you stop doing it out of fear, then you're letting men win, right? You're letting men set a shout out to all the men that be winning own that does not benefit you. And you're letting them set the parameters in which you engage with them, which is never going to benefit you as a woman. They have no incentive to do that. Like men as a collective are going to do everything in their power to try to keep the bar for men as low as possible and to keep the bar for women as high as possible. Remember, like for women, the bar has never actually has never actually been higher for women. Like not only do you have to put on a first date, you also have to pay for him. You have to fuck like a porn star and look like a porn star. You got to cook and clean for him. You have to do everything right. And so women have never been higher value than any point in history now. True. And men have never been lower in value than at any point in history. So. True. You know, we, we need a bit of a course correction here. We need to raise the bar for men. We I mean, keep the bar high for women, but maybe, you know, um, <laughs> you know, you don't have to do as much for men as you as men will have you think that you have to do. Yeah, they, they worked out a sweet deal for themselves here in the name of, quote unquote, feminism. They, they cherry picked all the parts of feminism that would benefit them the most. Yeah. And also understand, ladies, like you got to really embrace your power. OK. And that's the other thing is like these women who say, oh, I don't feel comfortable, you know, going on a date where he pays for it because then I feel like I'm going to have to owe him sex. That really tells me a woman who has been like really been like ground down to the ground, like in terms of her self-esteem. She has poor boundaries. That sounds Shout out to the boys who are grinding every day. Like someone with poor boundaries. She has poor boundaries, poor self-esteem. A lot of these women I talk to, I get the impression they just have really, really low self-esteem. Like they literally just think that they don't deserve that. And when I try to talk to I them, mean, sometimes they don't. Sometimes. Like, Girl, you're a queen. He's a vassal. He should pay tribute to you. Blah, blah, blah. Like they seem to get a little bit hostile to that because they're not used to being told that they are amazing and that they deserve to be treated well or maybe well you know because they are alive and their entire lived experience nobody's ever saying that to them so they're like yeah maybe i'm not because you don't even have to be amazing you just have to be a woman woman. (laughs) and the reason being is because you will always be taking on more risk in that situation than men will right and you will always have more you'll have more to lose than a man has in that situation not just that honestly this might be controversial i just think women are inherently more valuable than men Especially like the way that women are right now relative to men. You know, like men love to complain. I mean, they do about, got the pussy. Um, you know, oh, like women are seen as inherently valuable and men have to work to be seen as valuable. Yeah, and men are men cannon are fodder. And blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if they want to have value, they have to work for it. That's just kind of how it is. Like, I don't know if you've ever been. Except in China. To a farm, but every time a cow or, or every time a calf or a kid or a lamb is born, first thing a farmer does is check between the legs. If it's female, yay, it has value. If it's a boy, ugh, another another boy. Like, <laughs> yay, boo. Yeah, it's like, if it's female, yay. If it's male, boo. We don't need another one of these, right? To the glue factory with you. 
exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you know, understand like understand like biologically as a pretty sure male horses can be pretty valuable. Female, you are more valuable. Okay, and th- and that's the thing. Like women have been conditioned our entire <laughs> lives. Women have been conditioned our entire lives to think that we're worthless or that we have no value because we're we're women. Understand that this is only just in China in humans. Th- like this is a complete social construction that patriarchy has put upon women. But we need to like go back to our roots because in no other species is this the case. In literally every other he- species on Earth, the females are more valuable than the males. That's just a fact. And also, men really care about what women think. This is the reason why FDS gets such a big reaction. If we look at, say, the Dick Size Matters post that um, still incites sadness in the, into the hearts of scrapes to this day. Great gnashing of teeth and depression. You know, the- <laughs> Uh, they really care what women think. Even women, they supposedly write off as themselves or that nobody wants. They really care what we think as well. So yeah. I mean, they're literally biologically programmed to care about female approval. Yeah. Because again, in nature, um, males want to be chosen by women. In nature, yes. men are the pick me's. Okay, they want to get picked. That's true. Survival and ability to pass on their genes is dependent on being picked. Ten thousand years of patriarchy can't undo, you know, millions of years of evolution. Men want. Shout out to the patriarchy for trying, though. We have been to trying. approve of them. Yeah. So that's that's what I mean ladies like embrace your power as a woman like when you say things like oh i don't feel comfortable or you know i you know i feel like i owe him this or blah blah blah. that just sounds to me like you haven't embraced your power as a woman you need to you need to just be aware of that and dating will become such a smoother and more pleasurable and more rewarding experience for you once you recognize that power simply the fact that men want us more than we want them that alone gives us power. And, and even as a human being, you know, you have a right to want and expect things. And this is, I think, partly due to female socialization that we are conditioned to make ourselves small and that we don't have any needs or expectations. Savannah's been conditioned to make herself small. Is this going blurry? If you ask a man what he wants out of a woman, he will present a laundry list. He will not hesitate to tell exactly what he wants yeah he won't, and the thing is and thing is it will be like what do you want a split second later he has the list out he'll be he'll be you know reading either riot act as my dad says <laughs> but um but but women you know we just i don't know like we even as a human being you have a right to have expectations and you know needs especially in you know when it comes to dating which as i've touched on before is one of is you know the person that you choose to be in a relationship with is probably one of the biggest decisions you'll make in your life you you yeah, have the right as a human not. being i mean you know, to want and expect certain things. And again, the way men have twisted the narrative to say that a woman who wants and expects certain things like a man to pay for dinner or to pay for dates or to treat her well, you know, she's a gold digging hoe. When it's like, well, no, it's normal, you know, to want the person you're in a relationship with to add value to your life. That is normal. A man wouldn't be with a woman unless she was adding something to his life. Yeah. He wouldn't be with her. What do you mean? You know how many guys are with... Women who literally makes their lives so much worse, they just are. It's just what you do. Liability didn't find her attractive. He would be out of there quicker than yeah. You think so? You think dudes don't stick around? Oh, come on. Yeah. So it is normal to want. Someone on Twitter made a really funny comment. Like, no, like this is so discriminatory against people who don't add value to your life. Like, it's so, it's so hateful <laughs> to want people who add value to your life. That's so unfair and discriminatory to those who decrease value in your life. Oh well. <laughs> you know. I smell a poor. Yeah, I smell a poor. It's not even about being poor because a lot of richer. Yeah. I saw a post on Reddit a while back that was like, um, poor men can be just as financially abusive as rich men. True. In the sense, you know, if you're taking out loans for your man or, you know, if you have to, if he's always asking you for money or, you you know, he can't afford his own car, you have to drive him anywhere, that kind of shit. Um, that's, I consider that a form of financial abuse or financial exploitation, at least. And so 
say no to that whether he's rich or poor like don't let him use you it is normal to want things ladies okay and it's normal to to do things to get the things that you want so with that after you've gone past your okay. first date now you have to continue to vet a man and his willingness to contribute to you and be generous over the course and of the you next couple do months. that by making them pay for more meals when he's still in his trial period <laughs> trial period <laughs> right before he becomes before he, either of you decide that you're going to be a permanent or at least long-term fixture in each other's lives right so a question we get asked a lot is how long should a man pay for things before you start to chip in personally till he dies personally, i say indefinitely but that's just me see i think i mean <laughs> I, I best so here's like best case scenario slightly less great and maybe bare minimum right so best case scenario he pays for everything obviously if you can get yourself a baller who got long money especially if you know he has money if he has money and he doesn't pay for dates for you immediately don't because that's a guy who is again not generous and it's not the same as a man who literally cannot afford to pay for a lot of dates it's a man who can afford to pay for a lot of dates but chooses not to because he's testing you or he's trying to uh he's showing that he's like creating a barrier between you and him financially or he's trying to just disrespect you basically yeah like don't end up in a situation where say a guy owns his own house and then you go there and you pay half of his mortgage yeah and he has money right he can pay for it he's just trying to set it up so oh, that you but if you're paying half his mortgage he doesn't own the house are investing bank owns more it. of your money so you're subsidizing his life you're subsidizing his lifestyle so if a man subsidizing has but you're living there money and he refuses to keep paying for dates or tries to tries to suggest you go 50 50 then that's a red flag that guy's gonna that guy has offshore assets he's gonna hide from you yeah if a guy has significantly more money than you and he's insisting on going 50 50 that's when you're gonna end up in the kind of relationship where you know you are barely scraping by and can't afford to have any savings because he's probably if he has a lot more money than you he's probably going to expect to live a you know lifestyle that is that matches his income level and so if you try to live you know beyond your means and still try to go 50 50 that's going to end up in a situation where he's you know you're basically subsidizing his life like he can still afford savings and so on and you won't and that's a recipe for female poverty uh, someone brought this up on the subreddit um because there's a perception that only poor men can be hobosexuals but a lot of men who financially abuse women are actually not poor sometimes they do have money they just figure out a way to use women's free labor i believe i believe the post uh free labor was describing what? a scenario where a guy uh, he was divorced he actually had a decent amount of money but he was bringing his kids over to his girlfriend's house every visitation weekend and then his kids were eating up all her food and then he was staying at her house during the weeks uh, when he was working so he basically was staying in her house not putting any money towards the rent not putting any money towards any of the utilities and then bringing his kids over to use up all her resources during the week when he would have his visitation week sounds like that's what fucking divorce does to you so this is a guy who could afford it, but chose not to because he figured it he sound like a, it. a woman who would just step in and sounds like he was take killed by the divorce. Yeah. Men can be gold diggers too. In fact, I think men are more likely to be gold diggers than women. Yeah. So, what? 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 Would just step in and take care of all those things. Yeah. Men can be gold diggers too. In fact, I think men are more likely to be gold diggers than women. Yeah. What? So, yeah, rich men can be gold diggers too, absolutely. Except they're more likely to be like time, like what? food and youth diggers. Um, youth but, diggers. Um, now, for your average guy, your average guy, let's say he earns a similar <laughs> amount as you, he should still be paying for the majority of the dates. But I would probably show a token of appreciation here and there. Meaning, if you go out for dessert, pay for dessert. Or if you do, if you progressed past the just going out for dinner portion and you are going to 
go out dancing or something, pay for a drink or two, right? Small tokens. Yeah, you go out for breakfast, you buy him a bagel. Um, but honestly, I think you and, you and a man are going to be living together. I still think he should pay all or most of the rent, uh, especially things like uh, groceries, right? Like I dated a guy where he was a bodybuilder and he ate like 5,000 calories a day. And me with my diet, I eat between 1,600 to 2,000 calories a day. So he's quite literally eating more than twice as much as I was. And I was cooking it. And he, at the beginning, totally reasonable of the relationship, he wanted to go. Let's hear what Savannah has to say about this. 50, 50 on groceries. And, you know, I'm looking at this grocery bill and I'm like, no, like, that's not how it's going to happen. <laughs> you know, you pay for the groceries. And since I'm making it that, you know, that's, that's fair. Okay. So that is legitimately fair. That, that's basically our, our compromises yeah. since I was doing, you know, and he's not a very good cook and I actually love to cook. I like food. I like to cook. Um, so since he was paying for it all, that was fine. Um, but no, I would never go 50, 50 on groceries with a guy because guys generally eat more than women. Even if he's not a bodybuilder, just on average men eat more than women and men or, and women are more likely to actually cook it. So I think men should pay for the full grocery bill. What say you, Savannah? Yeah, it's always to your strategic advantage if he pays for pretty much everything. I think, the you know, it's just a matter of what your financial situation is versus what his financial situation is. And so I think the strategies are slightly different for high-income men. because And, and again, this is all about vetting for their general willingness to invest in you and their general generosity level, right? So... The, their generosity could generally and genuinely be limited by their financial circumstance. But the point is to, first of all, weed out guys who are too broke to be dating, but also weed out guys who are not going to put in the investment in you, even if it hurts a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah. Because a guy will invest in things that he... I mean, the thing is, is they don't really factor in age here at all. Because like, there's a lot of guys who like, you know, you might be in your 20s and you're broke, but you're working towards something where you will be very wealthy you know and those women oftentimes you know if you get divorced they will take credit for all that wealth so i don't know it's valuing right like guys will spend thousands of dollars on video game equipment as we know standard thousands of dollars on new video game equipment jordan's or a new whatever new playstation yeah like i've seen so many stories of guys who will spend like five thousand dollars on their gaming setup but then squabble over like a five hundred dollar engagement ring for their Soon to be wife, right? $500 for an engagement ring? You can, this, such a thing exists? By the way, uh, 37 more likes giving away another channel membership. Like Let's a, get a there. Will, Let's get to 200. You know, there's been so many cases on Reddit of, uh, you know, a guy spending like $100 or $50 on an engagement ring. What? You know, a piece of jewelry she's supposedly going to be wearing on her ring or on her finger for every day for the rest of her life. Um, but he spent thousands of dollars on, you know, a TV or gaming setup or his car or, or whatever, right? Understand that men spend money on the things that they value. And if he doesn't want to spend money on you, that means he doesn't value you. And, you know, a lot of people will be like, I'm not materialistic or, you know, I don't believe in material things. And it's like, Always remember, always remember how a man would act if his dream girl came to him. Not just that, but also like understand that you know what what is life if not based in material reality? Yeah, true. Right? Like, believe also believe in a man's actions over his words. Like, if he says he loves you and he values you and he cares about you, but he doesn't actually do anything to show it, he doesn't love or value. You're being manipulated, right? Like, if he says he loves you but he doesn't show it, he's manipulating you. He's lying to you. So you know he ha part of showing that he loves you, cares about you, values you is by you know not just uh effort and time and affection but also money like that's the realest way that he can show affection in my opinion quite frankly it's the lowest effort way too i mean if a guy's hemming if a guy's hemming and hawing over that and he can afford it actually even if he can't afford it again shouldn't be dating <laughs> if a man's hemming and hawing over that then just think and he can't afford it then that's a huge red flag yeah, if, if, yeah exactly because that's an indicative of his overall 
strategy and view towards finances for the remainder of your relationship. Yeah. And in my personal experience, this is actually, I've dated a lot of guys who, you know, work in trades who, you know, carpenters, pipe fitters and so on. And I, what I like about these kinds of guys pipe is fitters. that, uh, you know, when they spend money on me, I recognize that, you know, I recognize the physical labor and time that went into him earning that money. Right. So I, I think that, it's like he's trading like the labor that he does at work in exchange for, you know, something that would make me happy. Money is a proxy for, you know, effort and time. And if he's not willing to spend that on you, he's not willing to spend time or effort on you. Yeah, if he's if he can't make the literal lowest investment possible, he's not going to be, be able to invest when it really, really matters. His money is one of those things that's, first of all, that a lot of couples fight over. So this is yep. also a long term fighting strategy for your financial style. Um, but also the idea that a man should always value the people in his life higher than just the st or the stuff right the stuff right exactly and also women love stuff men though really do benefit from being in a relationship or from living with a woman and so if, if you as a woman I think everybody benefits from being in a relationship and are thinking like no ways. you know if it irks you the idea of him paying for the whole rent or paying for the whole grocery bill um you know, just understand that your presence as a woman being there is adding value to his life. There's so many tangible and intangible what? things. And what? And just a dude is just nothing? Women do Fuck for the men that we're in relationships with. You can't always put a dollar amount on it. But you can tell in the fact that women or men in relationships with women live longer, for example. Um, they have better, like, health outcomes. I don't know about that. Outcomes. And so that's, like, the metric, at least. So, um you know, they, they tend to be happier. They earn more money as well. That's the magic, but also opportunity cost for women is just higher, right? Because realistically, we have a shorter window of reproduction, right? So I always look at it like... So they're basically saying the, what they're implying right now with this opportunity cost thing is that if you, which is fucked up, is that if you are, say, barren or you're too old, you are worthless. A man... Messed up, ladies. More or less has to recoup he has to recoup your time some way. We are not the same biologically. And so men tend to show bigger investment up front because of the fact that women have to invest so much more on the back end and because women are so much more vulnerable on the back end, right? Especially after, after we have a guy's children. We're more financially vulnerable. We're more physically vulnerable. We're more true, emotionally but... vulnerable. So it's not just I mean, you're generally you know, pretty some abstract vulnerable. idea that a woman should just be pampered even though i don't necessarily have a problem with that idea like a queen but there's also a very practical queen. reason for it and that you will have to invest so much more in the back end for a man than he has to invent that he will have to invest on the front end to recoup for that women should be more entitled honestly women whoa of entitled men like to say that women are entitled but i think we're actually not entitled enough not entitled enough not by a long shot yeah men are way fucking too entitled men need to be less entitled women need to be more entitled and that that's how we're going to achieve equality ladies <laughs> yes it's projection and it's not and it's and it's not even about i mean for me like when you know um you know men like to say well what about equality when paying for dates i just say honestly i don't care about equality i care about equity the problem with equality is that it still favors the advantaged group because they've had an advantage for centuries like when you start talking about equity you then start introducing you know different rules different resources you know like for the group that was historically oppressed so we need to start thinking you know more in terms of equity as opposed to equality especially when it comes to men because equity is the reason why liberal feminism is such a mess thinking that we can be exactly the same as men we can split everything down the middle and, it's fair, and it turns out that it's still highly unfair so you need to start thinking about what's equitable if i've already you know paid 
um, or invested time and money into getting ready for a day, the bare minimum is that you should pay for it. This is literally okay. her only point she ever says, Savannah, about this. She goes, I spent so much money getting ready. For the food. But also the risk. And the risk. The risk. Just the risk both on the front end and the back end. So women take on more physical risk every time we deal with a man. Every time we deal with a man, there is a risk of rape, of uh, physical abuse, and up, up to and including murder. These are things that men do not have to take on as risks, right? So upfront risk between... I don't know. I bet there's some kind of clever serial killer type ladies out there who are just going on first dates with dudes and just poison them, and nobody knows. Women are inherently unequal, right? So when they talk about equality... Whoa. They're, they have to completely ignore up. massive differences in both reward and risk. Also, like straight up, I don't even care about equity. I care about maximizing female benefit. What you got to understand That's ladies, is that nobody else is going to care about you and your life and your interests. And again, same with the guys. Nobody's going to care. Just get what's yours. You. No one else in your life is going to advocate for you more than you. You can't rely on men to have your best interests at heart because men are always going to advocate for themselves. They're always going to put themselves Plus first. men are trash. They're well, high value men might, you know, put others before them, but generally speaking, humans they don't are, exist. So you know, um, but you have to rely on yourself and advocate for yourself. You have ultimately. to be self-reliant and advocate for yourself. And a lot of people say like, oh, that's selfish. That's horrible, blah, blah, blah. Tough. That's life. That's reality. Okay. So knowing that you're living in a world where everyone is going to be advocating themselves, if you are the one person not advocating for yourself, you are going to get screwed. And that is why you have to be willing to privilege yourself, even if other people think that you shouldn't or that it's not fair. And I, I think where FDS steps in is that we teach one. We're getting near the end of this episode and this stream. 28 more likes and I'll give away another channel membership. How to advocate for themselves. Because sometimes women do think they're advocating for themselves because they've been fed a line or a line of thinking. They've been tricked. They've been duped. <laughs> they've been tricked. They've essentially been bought into a narrative that's bullshit, right? So a lot of women, because a lot of women would feel like I'm paying for the date. I'm showing him I'm a strong, independent woman. How yes. draining your bank account, you know, privileging yourself in any way. It's not. I'm, you know, I'm showing him he has to respect me because I paid for this date, and that's correct. just not how it works. So what what correct. we're doing is adjusting the narrative closer to reality and adjusting it closer to what actually benefits women based on statistics, what actually women are experiencing in the dating world, our collective knowledge, so to speak. And our collective knowledge here is that, and not even just our collective knowledge, but material factual reality is that every time you engage with a man, women are taking on infinitely more risk, right? physical mental sexual. I don't know about the infinitely more risk thing. I understand what they're saying about the risk of violence, but I don't know. There's just so many dudes who picked the wrong woman and it fucking destroyed them. Really just Whatever. ruined Any their type lives. Of interaction you have with a man, the risk and the burden is generally put on women. So when you try to approach things from an equal standpoint and you don't account for those risks, then you are not actually equal, are you? Because you're starting from a less privileged place to begin with, right? And then you take on the fact that the rewards are likely to be lower because we have already kind of discussed about how women tend to invest a lot more in their relationships as far as emotional, sexual, physical. Yeah, the mental load. Mental load, anything else that basically makes life worth worth living, women do that. So Caregiving what? and so on. Caregiving, et cetera. So men are doing less of that and they're riskier to deal with. Yeah. So why would we pay? Why would we pay money to be around them? <laughs> exactly. Why would we do the exact same uh, thing? This thing called biology? Stupid. They do and call that equality when our risks and rewards aren't the same. That's why 50-50 is stupid because it's never 50-50. Straight up, they should be spending money. I mean, again, yeah, 50-50 is like the concept of 50-50 just makes no sense. There's no such thing as anything being 50-50. On us to incentivize us to even breathe the same air as them or to even interact yeah. with them. Yeah. Exactly. Because right? they benefit more from it. And we don't. 
And so there needs to be that extra incentive for us to even deal with them. And men will complain and men will bitch about that and say it's transactional or call us whores or whatever and let them cry. Honestly, like just let them cry. Like you don't allow their bitching to stop you from advocating for yourself. I mean, I will say this is what they're saying makes a lot of sense if all women were some sort of monolith and they could all kind of like act as a union, but they don't. There's a lot yeah, of scabs out there. A lot of it's projection anyway. And if you are a gold digger, well, so what? If they think you're a gold digger, who cares? Like, yeah, who gives a shit? If you're happy. Also, I think Savannah might have sleep apnea. <laughs> I, I honestly don't even apologize for it. If someone thinks you're high maintenance or that you look like a gold digger, that you're acting like a gold digger, wear it like a badge of honor, ladies, because that is what they do to shame women into lowering their standards and keep those standards high. Honestly, wear it as like a mark of honor, to be honest, because it means that you have standards and expectations of men, which you should have. Yeah, that's what you want. We're never going to standard shame you unless it's too low. Then we'll shame the shit out of you. We'll embarrass you for that. But if it's like, if it's, you know, outrageous, be like, all right, do you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think that anything that a woman could ask for a man, unless it causes him like bodily harm, obviously that's outrageous. But for the most part, yeah, like anything that a woman might want for a man, it's not enough, frankly, like financially speaking. <laughs> There's, she always could deserve more. What? <laughs> I want a toenail clipping from Mike Tyson's tiger. Yeah, maybe that's ridiculous, but... Uh... Maybe. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I want you to break into O.J. Simpson's house and steal his Heisman Trophy. <laughs> I don't think he has his Heisman Trophy anymore. Yeah. Plus, I definitely would not break into O.J. Simpson's house. <laughs> can he even... Yeah, can a man even claim to love you unless he's willing to break into O.J. Simpson's house? Yeah. <laughs> um i went i'm gonna throw my phone in front of a moving train and you have to snatch in front of it prove your loyalty to me <laughs> yeah, again, not alone, that's not okay but um but yeah money it's like you can always get more of it uh so then know, get some ladies it's not you know he's not literally bleeding or dying from it so i love it because you're gonna get more from him and go, why don't you go well, i mean not us but whatever you want ladies it's not too much <laughs> never, never feel like you're asking for too much yeah, it's not too much. So so to summarize what we're talking about, if he makes significantly more than you and he doesn't want to pay most of the bill, red flag jettison. If a man makes around the same amount of money as you, it's a nice gesture to show a token of appreciation here and there by paying for small ticket items. But given that their risks and rewards for men and women are not the same in relationships or even on dates, it's still strategically advantageous to expect him to pick up the majority of the tab. Um, Obviously, if you guys have a relationship that leads to marriage, then in a marriage, most states, all of your earnings are communal property. So then your negotiations look a little bit different. But especially during the dating stage, it's important for men to show early investment. And part of that investment is financial. Um, and then if you make substantially less than you, then he needs to get his shit together and shouldn't be dating at all. Yeah. If you're super broke, what's the point? So at that point, he's a charity case. <laughs> unless you're unless you're like, if you're majorly wealthy, I know we have some boss bitches on FDS, some women who make... A lot of money. Yeah, so let's talk about women who are, like, you know, judging. Shout out to the boss just, bitches. Like, wealthy, and just numerically speaking, there aren't going to be that many more men who are earning more than, that many men who earn more than you. I would say that men like that still need to have an overall positive effect on your bank account. Even if they can't, you know, pay for things or pay for as many things as you can. You know, Judge Lynn told, her, told us about how her husband, you know, he, um, you know, she doesn't have to worry about, like, filling up her gas tank. So he does all the little errands that would normally take up time so that frees up her time so that she can continue to earn more money right so a man who um earns significantly less than you still needs to add value to your life in such a way that that he has a net positive effect on your bank account and isn't just being like a sugar baby and that's assuming that you you make a lot if he makes less than you and you don't make much fuck it 
Fuck yeah. Yeah. That's when it's time to start looking for men who can positively financially contribute. But even then, it's not like Lynn Toller's husband, he's a, he's an accountant, so it's not like he's unemployed, right? So he's still... You don't want a mooch. You want a man with his own career. You don't want a guy who's just sitting around being an idle mooch. You need a man who is uh, determined to walk his own path in life and contribute positively to you. Because, you know, maybe something happens and you can't be the breadwinner anymore. Maybe you want to take time, time off to raise your kids. There's lots of things that could happen that could potentially make the financial burden shift to the man more heavily heavily and you need a partner who you feel can come in and fill in that space because men as a general baseline don't contribute to relationships intangibly intangibly as, as much as women do um men are just in general more likely to have a net negative effect men are in gen women in general are more likely to have a net net positive effect. yeah i don't know about that and so yeah like men you do need to make all right ladies, let's wrap Otherwise, this up it's like what's the point right for you as a woman that is um but i wanted to make one last point about the like the you know but what about equality kind of thing right a lot of women i mean they could have saved an hour and fucking 20 minutes just be like men and women aren't equal and they're just not and there you go men don't see a woman paying as impressive you know a woman we might like i mean sometimes you do like it when a man pays but men don't see it the same way right i find in general the men who get the women most, are they impressed by it or they just just don't want to spend their money most excited about a woman paying are the men that you need to stay the fuck away from <laughs> You know, a, a guy might be neutral about it. If he's neutral, that's fine. Or if he thinks like, oh, that's all right. It's a bonus, but it's not mandatory. That guy's probably fine. Um, if he's very much turned off by it because he sees it as a masculine, that's also a red flag. Um, but a guy who's oh, really excited about on. a woman who pays for things is the kind of guy that you need to stay away from because they're usually like pretty much like the con men types where they're looking for a target, right? You think about, you know, the, the Dirty John story is a really good example. This guy, you know, Dirty John, John Meehan had been fresh out of prison. He was looking for... A, a new target and found Deborah Newell, who was very wealthy, a businesswoman. She had her own money, you know, earned more than him like many times over. And he saw her as a piece of big game. But yeah, so, so men who game. get really excited about women who pay are generally, not only are they low value, they're actually negative value. Like they're actually actively toxic. <laughs> like they're, they're the ones that are usually the most harmful in my personal experience because he's not looking at you as, oh, what a strong independent woman. You know, I really love that she, you know, can pay her own way in life. They're not respecting you. In their eyes, they have dollar signs. They see you as a target, someone that they're going to exploit. And so if a guy gets really excited about you paying, fucking run. <laughs> okay? You're going to be saving yourself. You hear that, guys? Don't get too excited, except for, like, it never happens. So. A lot of pain and a lot of financial exploitation that way. I think it's more yeah. surprise. It's not exciting. You go, what? And they go, Agreed. don't get too excited. Yeah. And, 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 just... and this is actually pretty important for low-income women as well, because I know for low-income women, you can get benefits and things like that. And it's much harder for single men who don't work to get benefits. Um, it's obviously varies by state and country, but um, don't let him like come eat your food stamps and shit. Like it's supposed to be for your kids. You know what I'm saying? So able-bodied men who can't figure out how to make more money than you. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Patriarchy already privileges you so much. How can you Shout fail in a system patriarchy? that is designed to benefit you in every way? Exactly. There's probably something wrong with him if that's the case. And just a final point as well, I know you touched on financial abuse before, but especially lower income women um, is, you know, another thing you need to be wary of is, you know, bad credit. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. like lower incomes is often tied to poor credit. So you'll see women taking out loans, being on, you know, rent agreements because they're like, oh, my partner can't get credit. And just 
yeah, I, I'm not going to get into what a disaster that is, but just 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 be aware of if you are you know dating a low income man, dating. he also comes with a credit rating that if you and if you choose to continue that relationship, that will have a knock on impact on your ability to progress. Because if your partner has poor credit, forget about a mortgage. If you want to get a loan, it will be a lot more expensive if you get it at all. And I've seen women get into real financial messes because like they end up he basically ends up using her credit rating as his credit rating, or like he can't get it alone because his credit is so bad. He gets her to take out a loan for him on his behalf he then tells her to do it and then he can all and he can always dip because if the loan's in your name they don't give a shit if you've given it to someone else good advice to be honest or what it's for you're on the hook for it all of it yeah understand that like all men are it. like you know like the pink stain from that cat in the hat uh story like the, the pink stain where it like starts in the bathtub and it gets like bigger and bigger and bigger each time right so understand that like men's negative effect or ability to grime up your life right is only ex is more likely to be exponential than than not right they're more likely to fuck up your life than improve it and they also know like uh for low-income men they're more likely to come with some kind of serious vice oh we're almost yeah. done two yeah, minutes drug addiction we're that almost there if you if you're on the fence we're almost there exacerbated by different mental health or addiction or substance abuse issues and lack of counseling and generational trauma etc cetera, etc cetera. so i know a lot of people will try to pressure women who are low income to accept less because they feel like well you don't have any money and who are you to demand anything but it's actually probably more imperative for you to have boundaries and for you to advocate for yourself and look for the best deal for yourself and don't worry about all these guys and say well, you don't have this or you're low value etc because they're all it's all projection right it's all projection with men make sure that you are putting yourself in the best possible financial position and that means not taking on useless low value non-working ass broke don't have a dollar no scrubs in, six teeth and half a testicle scrubs so half a testicle <laughs> Yeah, I see a lot of guys being like, How do you have oh, half you know, a all you women want a high value man. Well, what if you're not high value? And it's like, um, I'm a woman. <laughs> I don't need to be high value. Yes, we <laughs> want. Uh, you're a female. Not you true. Won. Okay. So, you know, 90% of people on online dating are men. Okay. Like people out there on the dating scene who are actively looking for relationships are mostly men. Okay. Just supply and demand. Okay. These guys will. I mean, that's again, that's not true. Maybe that statistic for online dating, but at the end of the day, it's still basically 50, 50 men and women. Homeless so shelter and that needs to get reconciled somehow. Up change to buy prostitutes. So if he's not financially contributing to you, that is a choice. <laughs> it's <laughs> a choice. Rules of supply and demand. Men want us more than we want them. That gives us power. By default, we are in a better position to demand the things that we want. That puts us in a better bargaining position, ladies. Never forget your power. Never forget your worth. You are a queen. You deserve. You to are queens, are vassals, and they must pay tribute to you. Facts. Episode. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our show. Please check out our website at the female. Oh, we made it to the end of episode twenty-nine. Ah, uh, what do we have for likes? One eighty-four. Didn't quite get there. If you guys, if we have a sixteen people who want to give a like in the next minute, then I will give away another channel membership. Otherwise, until the next time uh we've made it out of the 20s that's 29 episodes we probably skipped like eight of them or something um thank you very much everybody I, i'm happy to be back even though i fucking hate this shit so much uh but but we we made it out of the 20s i think we're at probably around episode 60 so i think we've hit the halfway point they stopped numbering them uh at some point so i don't exactly know but we're about halfway Thank you very much. Uh, just don't forget, women are the shit. Men suck. Oh, we hit 190. You know what? I'm going to give away. I'm feeling generous. We hit 190. That's close enough. We're going to give away one more channel membership. Let's see who gets it. Drum roll, please. 
Um, oh, I thought Indy Keegan got it again. I go, is that even fucking possible? Uh, Maxime, our Belgium friend. Is it Belgium? Belgian. Belgian. Our boy Maxime just got it. Shout out to Maxime. Uh, thanks to all the scrotes, the low value males, the negative value males, the high value males. Did I miss anything? I did not. Uh, we will be back soon with episode 30 and 31. And who knows? Maybe we can bang some extra ones out because we skip the shit ones. Tomorrow night, new episode of Low Value Mail at 9 p.m. And Thursday, new episode of The Bathhouse, 10 p.m. live from the Stand Comedy Club in New York City. I love you all. Thank you all very much. If you want to support the show, you can by signing up at patreon.com slash low value mail. This episode will be out in audio form on the Patreon um tonight and then it'll be on spotify next week in a week's time peace out everybody i love you all you're all the best see you soon good night